Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to TSR Live, episode 108. Uh, we have a uh, first-time uh, co-host on, Mitch, right there. What's up, Mr. Brian? How you doing? <laughs> Good, man. Uh, so how are you feeling? Uh, Tigers won 42-6. to six. Uh, Just a general thoughts uh, on the game. You know, I, the game was so boring, honestly. It was like, the Tigers look so good. Defensively, they look really good. I thought Brady White's downfield passing was awesome in that game against South Alabama on Saturday. Good deal. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll break it down. Uh, <laughs> were you being sarcastic? Because I, I thought otherwise. <laughs> well, you know. he, I, my thing is with Brady White, I'm like, I keep waiting for, you know, I, I think it might come against Temple, but I keep waiting for those mistakes. I keep waiting for the same old, same old Brady White. And the thing about it is we really just didn't see – we haven't really seen that yet. But I'm afraid it's coming against Temple, it's coming against, you know, Houston or one of those other teams. Yeah, I mean, against South Alabama, let's um, try to pull up his um, passing direction. Let's see. He only went downfield, you know, 20 – you know, past 20 yards, uh, you know, four times. He was two for four, so 50%. Um, you know, 99 yards. Uh, most of his um, success, you know, has always been the, the you know, 10 to 20 yard range. And it was, you know, uh, same thing again with uh, South Alabama. Uh, most of his yards came from that, uh, you know, between the numbers, you know, medium passing range. But uh, still, I mean, he didn't have, um, you know, very good rating, you know, according to uh, pro football focus, uh, his, you know, I see an offensive uh, passer rating uh, or grade was 55.1. That's that's the worst he he's had all, you know so far this year. So according to their grades, he didn't have a, a great game. Now 
you know, the, the pass blocking, I thought, did improve. There was a lot of, I think, pass, especially the interception where he threw to uh, DeMonte Coxie. At first, I thought, you know, to, you know, it was Coxie's fault. But, you know, when I, you know, watched the uh, replay and, and studied a little bit more, that, that ball was, you know, sort of high and kind of like, you know, in an awkward position for him. So, I mean, yeah, so far – you know, Brady White, you, you have the, the good games and bad games, uh, I think, because of the defense. Yeah, he was bailed out this game. You know, and something that really stood out to me on the defensive side of things, and, you know, I know we were talking offense, but on the defensive side, I really like the play of our secondary going on right now. I mean, I think our secondary, when you look at teams like UCF, you look at teams like, uh, like Houston and the AAC, our secondary can match up against anybody in the AAC. Yeah, they're doing uh, – I mean, I, I wrote about this, um, you know, this morning. Uh, I mean, pulled that article up real quick and how the defense just in general, you know, is improved over last year. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The uh, uh, passing defense, you know, last year, not much difference than, than last year because they were second in the nation last year, only giving up 101 yards. This year, the third in the nation, giving up 110. So not much difference there, but the difference – that, that I've seen is the, uh, you know, rushing defense. Last year they gave up 167 yards, up, you know, the first three games of the season. This year it's only it's only been 116. So that, that's a great improvement. Scoring defense, um, there's six-point uh, improvement there. Uh, you know, they were 39th in the nation last year, 17th this year. Um, so, I mean, just, just a lot of improvements uh, on the defense. Last year the turnover margin, they were 95th after three games. This year they're 50, uh, 58th. In the nation, team sacks, um, you know, still roughly the same. Actually, no change at all. It's you know, two point three three sacks per game. But overall, I mean, defensively, you you have to like where this team is at and where it's going. Uh, you know, under the uh, tutelage of um, you know Adam Fuller. You know, and I think Coach Fuller being on the ground and being around these guys, um, Coach Fuller. There's, there's a new energy around that defensive front, whether that's Austin Hall, whether it's T.J. Carter or Brian Goodson, whether that's any of those guys and anybody in between. There's that newfound energy that I don't think Tiger fans, and you guys might disagree with me, but I haven't seen that since I was a little kid. You know, and that energy around that defensive front is something that I don't think Memphis fans have ever seen before. Yeah, the last time I, I, you know, I've talked about this before. The last time I thought uh, Memphis was this good on defense is uh, one of Barry Odom's years. It was, I think, I want to say 2015. Um, I think at the end of the year he was ranked in the 30s or low 40s. That that year they were very good defensively. But other than that, I mean, you'd have to go back quite a ways before they were, you know, this good. Uh, looking back at the game, uh, Tigers, you know, they they you know didn't start off great. Uh, I mean, they Two of the first three drives ended in punts. Um, you know, only scored uh, seven points in the uh, in the first quarter. What are your thoughts of the first quarter? You know, the first quarter was very stagnant. It was just kind of. I felt like it was like one of. The, it felt like one of those. Oh, okay, we're on the road. It's going to be a little bit slow. And then towards that end of later part of that first quarter is when it really started to feel like that momentum was swinging back towards the Tigers. Yeah, in the second quarter, I mean, they they busted out with uh, you know sixteen points. Uh, I mean, uh, caught the, especially that first touchdown that uh, you know Brady White passed to uh, Kylan Watkins for eighteen yards. I mean, that was 
you know, just a little wheel route that, uh, you know, Colin went on and, you know, dove for the catch. Uh, you know, he's, he had a fantastic day. Him and Gainwell, I, I think, were the, the stars, uh, you know, on the offense, you know, uh, for the day. What are your thoughts on, on those two guys? You know, Kenny Gainwell was a guy at Fan Day where I, I think I tweeted out or might have even texted you that said, hey, this guy's going to make a difference, make a difference this season. Kenny Gainwell, let's talk about these first two games. Kenny Gainwell had great games. And then you come into game three against South Alabama, he had several big runs. He had what, one or two touchdowns. I was watching it, you know, periodically just tuning back and forth. He had a lot of those big-time runs that was just like, man, you know what, hey, if Patrick Taylor is out for six weeks, four weeks, whatever it might be, I mean, this guy can come in, and there's not really much, uh, really big of a gap there. No, no drop-off whatsoever. Gainwell had 16 attempts for 145 yards, one touchdown. Uh, His longest run was uh, 71 yards. Uh, Watkins, 11 carries for 113 yards. His longest was was 72 yards. Uh, but overall, uh, Memphis, 530 yards of offense, uh, 218 passing, 312 uh, rushing. Uh, but once again, that defense, they held uh, South Alabama to 248 yards uh, total offense. Can't say enough about it, about the defense. Were you disappointed with not getting the shutout? I know a couple of people, I've seen a couple of people's reacts on Twitter saying that they wanted that shutout heading into Navy because, you know, history has shown us going into this Navy game, Navy always plays the Tigers close. They do, and I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's a good thing that it wasn't a shutout, so that way they're not overly competent. Uh, uh, they lost something in that game. It, yes, it, it should have been a shutout, but now they have that that uh, I'm going to say like that sour taste in their mouth. Like you know, they they should have had something. Now they they still have that hunger. Um, you know, it's easy for uh, for Coach Norvell to get these guys you know pepped up and talked up and, and uh, you know excited. But you know, kudos to Coach Norvell. This is his first. A road win uh, in the beginning of the season. He's lost his first road win every year he's been here. So this is his first time, uh, you know, first road win you know, at the beginning of the season. So that's 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 something good for them. Uh, you know, looking at stats too. I mean, it was in, in the 90 degrees. Coach Nobel's undefeated when the game time temperatures in the 90s. I mean, he loves the heat and uh, they bring it. But uh, you know, what, what are some uh, other stars of the game that uh, you may not have? you know, shine that he, I guess people may know about. You know, I, I think that DeMonte Kofi hasn't really been talked about as much because he didn't score a touchdown, but the 81 yard, the 41 yard, 41 yard reception, you know, he's averaging 27 yards per game. Um, not per game, but in that game, I think he's mm-hmm. one of those guys in the receiving core that really stood out to me. Antonio Gibson was a bright spot. And of course, yep. uh, Joe Magnisco was a, a bright spot. And Kyle Watkins, again, I love that guy. I, you know, he played good against Old Miss, played good against Southern. He's one of those receivers that doesn't get any hype whatsoever, but he can burn you on that little short pass on those bubble strings that Norvell and them like to throw. I love Kylan Watkins. I think he's one of those guys that as we get ready for Navy, as you get ready go into the conference play with Houston and uh, Cincinnati and those other teams, I think Kylan Watkins is possibly going to be that difference maker on those third and one you know, where they double-team Kofi and they double-team in this coach. I mean, I think Watkins might be that third guy that they can go to and say, hey, can you get that extra yard just because of how physical and how well he plays that uh, receiving job. Yeah, and I was, I was glad to see Antonio Gibson step up as that uh, number two guy 
Uh, he was only targeted twice, but he caught both balls, one of them, you know, for a touchdown. I think going forward, you're going to need someone other than, you know, Coxey to step up. And, you know, and before the season started, I thought uh, Kadarian Jones would be that guy. I mean, he, but, um, you know, he just, he hasn't shown, he, he's been inconsistent. Um, you know, it's the way he was last year. You kind of hope he's more consistent this year. But, uh, you know, this game, I thought uh, Antonio Gibson was definitely the guy that, uh, you know, proved he could be that number two guy. Just, you know, the, the offensive line needs to, you know, do better pass protection. But, you know, Memphis really got to get better play out of uh, Brady White. I mean, when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's not too terribly bad. You know, 12 of, of, of 20, um, you know, 209 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. But there's there's a couple passes out there that, you know, like, it didn't seem to you like they left, you know, a good 21 to 28 points on the field that they, they could have scored more. See, I think that that was actually kind of my exact thinking. I don't know who I think. It might have been Isaac and might have been some other people. Or I was thinking, hey, Memphis should have ended with a touchdown. And Memphis got, you know, they should have had at least 56 points. I think, you know, you hear Mike Lavelle's comments. And I think that's what he's kind of alluding to. I mean, Brady White's the guy without a doubt. But I think Mike Lavelle's trying to get that confidence in Brady White that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and uh, just looking at some more stats, another stat that sticks out to me is the penalties. You know, Memphis had 10 penalties uh, for 100 yards, but they have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the the, the, the stats here where they, they commit more turnovers. Yeah, I'm sorry, they commit uh, more penalty yards. Coach Norvell is – 10 for 100, I mean, which is – Yeah, 10 for 100. I mean, you can't – you're not going to be able to beat teams like Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and even Navy uh, next week when you've got 100 yards of penalty. Every game this year, uh, they've committed more uh, penalty yards, and so he and they're, he's three and zero. Oh, in the Norvell era, they're nineteen and six when the when the Tigers commit more more uh, penalty yards. And it's 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 weird to me that uh, that they're better. They have a better record when they commit more penalties. But you talk to any coach, you're like, yeah, we don't want you know <laughs> we don't want the more penalties. But they they definitely got to you know sure that up a little bit. Um, you know, he he went for no again. As we as we head into later into the season, do you think those felony yards are probably going to start adding up against the team? Let's just say go all the way to the AAC championship. We're fortunate enough to get there against GCF. Don't you think that's probably going to catch up with us as we get later into the season? There's are there are going to be games where I'm going to question that. I'd be like, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to come. You know, I guess it also depends on when the penalties happen. Um, you know, if it's you know, second string in there, and it's already a you know a blowout, whatnot. But there are going to be games. I, I think Navy, Cincy, and uh, Houston are, are three games that you you really don't want to have more penalty yards than you know than the opponent. But uh, yeah, this next game coming up. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great time to have a bye. You'd really you much rather have you know couple weeks uh, to prepare for Navy than just a, just one full week. But, you know, looking at this bye week, what does Memphis need to work on to prepare for Navy? You know, I think one of the things that I would say personally would probably be that discipline. You know, whether that's, let's say, a third and one, you get a false start, you move back five yards, you have to punt. I think working on that discipline and also working on Brady White's confidence to throw downfield. 
Yeah, I think passing game uh, still needs help. Now, defensively, I don't think they need to, to uh, you know, work on much. I mean, I've been very impressed. Uh, you know, I think just, just keep doing what they're doing. But you know, everything for me is, you know, the offense and especially in passing. I think the passing game needs to improve. You know, when you go in against uh, Navy, they're physical. Um, you know, you definitely want to heal up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you'll, you're going to have some offensive line. Um, you know, change outs because I mean those those Navy defensive linemen will definitely beat you up. So I think I think uh, you know getting some guys healthy, but that offensive line, you know, it, it's been a double-edged sword because I I really think they uh, you know run block very well, but pass block it, it's been lacking. So for me, going into this bye week, you just hone in on the, those offensive skills, and, you know, because I, I really would like to see Memphis come out and dominate Navy like I think they can. You know, I I think it still may be a close game because they always battle close. But on paper, Memphis should, you know, just, just not necessarily blow them out, but at least win by, you know, two touchdowns. And, see, I completely agree with you. And one of the also things that I need to ask you is a lot of people have been texting me and tweeting me, what's going to be the status of Patrick Taylor? Because we've heard anything from, okay, he's coming back to, okay, he's mm-hmm. week. Like, have you heard anything on your side of things that says, hey, Patrick Taylor is going to be back for the Navy game? Okay, Patrick Taylor is going to be back for Monroe. I know a lot of the people have been asking that question. You know, I, I think the initial thought um, was, you know, to have him back before the Navy game. But then, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, rumors and reports that, you know, he's had, you know, surgery on, I've heard ankle, I've heard foot. Um, I heard screws were involved. So, I mean, if that's the case, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard six to eight weeks and that would push it, you know, well past the, uh, the Navy game, um, you know, and the depth at running back, it, it's good to have that depth because I don't think you necessarily need him. Don't rush him back. Let him heal up. I mean, take a look at the, the schedule. I mean, you have Navy, but then you have, uh, you know, Louisiana Monroe, which should be an easier game. Then you have, you know, Temple. But if that, you know, that, you know, that Temple game, that's what, middle of October, that kind of puts it at that, what, puts it closer to that six week. So he could possibly, if it's truly the, the, the six to eight weeks, when did he get hurt during the uh, Ole Miss game, was it not? Yes, Ole Miss game. And let's see. What was it seventh or what? So it should be right be the around 19th, the 19th. Well, actually, yeah, Temple Tulane game. Um, so I mean, it'll put close. You weeks. would like to have them. You'd like to have them during the Temple game because Temple is going to be another physical, you know, physical match. But uh, you know, as far as the, exactly what happened or how long, the best that I have uh, that I've heard is, is six to eight weeks. So we'll, you know, we'll definitely see. But uh, there's definitely depth, and I think the past few games you've seen that um, it's not – not to say you don't need Patrick Taylor because you, you would definitely love to have him rather than not have him. But, you know, with the way Gainwell's playing, the way Watkins is showing up, I think, you know, when I see Gainwell and Watkins, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor of last year. But, you know, Gainwell and Watkins, they're, they're not that power runner that Patrick Taylor is. So, but yeah. they still, they're still, they're still definitely capable. What you know, we'll definitely see what happens, you know, on that front. And as we head into the bye week, you know, I and I'll say mine after I get yours. Who will be your defensive MVP? And right now, 
I mean, I, I think I'd have to go with Bryce Huff. I mean, he's been, he's been a force all over the place. I mean, I can easily go with uh, Austin Hall as well, but I think right now I, I'd go with uh, Bryce Huff because he's, he's definitely made some plays. He's disrupted uh, some things in the backfield. I mean, I mean, that's my first thought. The first player that popped in my head was Bryce Huff. What about you? Mine would have to be Austin Hall just because of the big hits he's had against Ole Miss Southern mm-hmm. and, of course, the one South Alabama. I think Austin Hall is finally – you see that swagger in him. You see that leadership character, you know, character that a lot of people have been really, really waiting on him to truly, truly have. And I think he's one of the big-time leaders of this defense. So mine would have to go to Austin Hall as we head into the five weeks. And quietly, though, who's having a great year so far on the defense? Who do you think leads the uh, leads the team in tackling? Ooh, I'd have to look that one up, actually. Yeah, without without looking, because I just looked it up and I'm like, oh, okay, it's, and it's not it's neither of uh, the two players that we discussed. Would it have but to be? Oh, man. Yeah, now I'm at a loss. Who is it? JJ Russell. He leads the team in tackles right now. He's quietly having a, a you know a great year. Because you don't you don't you to, don't really hear much of him during the broadcast because you're always you know he's yeah. just he's been very consistent uh, you know throughout these three games. And you also can't forget about T.J. Carter. I mean T.J. Carter's you know he had four solo tackles last week. T.J. Carter is that leader in that secondary. I think once you start going down the line, I mean you know that defense. We we talked about this a bunch. I mean this defense mm-hmm. man they're they're I mean they're really good. Yep, uh, I'll go back to the uh, pro football uh, focus offensive grades. The uh, as far as the starters, um, who graded out the best was uh, Kenny Gainwell. He had a seventy-one point two offensive rating. Um, who had the worst? And, it, and, and it's unfortunate, but he's had a, a couple of bad games as far as pro football focus uh, grading wise. Uh, off right guard, offensive lineman, uh, Manuel Arona Lopez. Uh, he only graded out at 48.8, which, you know, on our scales, like a two-star game. Barely a two, uh, you know, high one-star, low two-star game. But, you know, he had a bad game against uh, Ole Miss. I think he had, uh, you know, four penalties. So, not the greatest start for him. But, uh, I mean, his run blocking – I'm sorry, his pass blocking is a lot better than his run blocking because pass blocking, he's one of the best. Uh, when you take a look at, actually, he was the best. He graded out the best in pass blocking, graded out the worst in uh, run blocking. So he definitely has some things to work on. But on the offensive line, are you surprised uh, by anyone? Not necessarily. I kind of expected a lot of the same stuff that's been happening. I think on the offensive offensive line, they're somewhat getting Brady White that you know that time. I think it all comes down to you know I mentioned this again. It all comes down to Brady White's confidence. You know, he's getting the time to throw. It's just a matter of he wants to take that shot and put himself in that position. I mean, there were several overthrown balls on Saturday where you're looking at yourself going, you know, man, like that should be an easy pass to Coxie or whether that should be an easy pass to whoever it is, that should be an easy pass to complete. But for Brady White, it's just, to me, it just seems like he gets the time. He gets the time of day to throw the ball, but he doesn't have, that confidence level that we need him to have. Looking at uh, the the rest of the schedule, uh, do you see, you know, because preseason, I, I, I don't think I, I got your preseason prediction. Preseason prediction for me was eleven and one. Uh, what did you have the the Tigers going? I can't. I mean, actually, I did because we had you in the uh, I had you in the article. 
but I can't remember what you had. I think I was at ten and two or nine ten and two? three. I think I, I think yeah. looking at the schedule right now, you know, of course the games that just scare me to death right now are Temple and Houston. I think that those two games you know, Cincinnati hasn't really shown us a whole bunch yet. Of course, USF's not that great, but USF always plays Memphis close. But just something about the Houston and Temple games, especially after Temple defeats Maryland, a team that was averaging like 70-something points a game, holds them to, I think, 13 if I'm not wrong. It might even be less than that on Saturday. But when you look at those two games, I think that those two games are probably 50-50 games. But I do think since they're on the road, I would probably get the upper hand of Temple and Houston. Yeah, I'm still sticking, you know, you know, still sticking with the 11-1, you know, record for me. I, I still – maybe I still think it's going to be a close one. Temple, I still think it's going to be a close one. Uh, and, you know, I still have Cincy as a loss right now because I think even though it's a last game, you know, senior night, I think they'll be overconfident. You know, they, they just may overlook Cincy, um, you know, going into the AAC championship. So, so far looking ahead, I still have an 11-1 season. I still have them winning the East. Uh, you know, still still definitely, you know, a, a great season. Do I mean, do you see anything that could cause a hiccup to your prediction of 10-2? I think, you know, maybe overlooking in between that Navy and Temple game, losing them in a row, I think that, that would probably be the only trip-up game for me that could possibly be one of those, you know, we always say typical Tiger losses that they overlook the opponent. They look ahead to Temple. They just got, you know, by Navy, whether it's a blowout, whatever, and they're either riding off that emotional high, looking ahead to Temple, that road game at Temple. And that losing the road game, I do think it's going to be a win, but I do say that that would probably be the only game on the schedule where I'd say, hey, if that does change in 10-2, I do think that that losing the road game, just because it's a random road game, you know, it's a night kickoff there in Monroe, Louisiana. So, I mean, it's one of those games where it's sandwiched between Navy and Temple and, you know, and also Tulane as well. You look ahead and it's like, okay, you might be looking ahead to Temple. You might be coming off that emotional high of Navy. That losing Monroe game just is the only one that really just kind of says, okay, this could be the trip up game. But I looking ahead, you know, to UCF possibly in the AAC championship if they do win the East and what have you. How do you think we do stack up against the Knights? I think it's stack up pretty well as long as you know the Tigers are healthy. Um, you know, you think by then the offensive line, you know, would it would have everything you know figured out, uh, and, and wouldn't that be something, especially for the networks, <laughs> you know. Uh, on ABC, they have Memphis and UCF for the third straight year, and, and it would be a classic again for the third straight year, in, in my opinion. But I think Memphis would pull it off this time, you know, just, just learning from experience. Um, they just, to me, they have those intangibles that there's, I'd say, less of a question mark at quarterback, um, you know, at Memphis than at uh, Central Florida. We'll see. But I do like your point with, uh, you know, Louisiana Monroe. They, they, you know, they nearly pulled off the upset at, at Florida State. Um, so we'll, we'll see because they have uh, they have Iowa State coming next week. Uh, then they play South Alabama, and I think that will be a good test to see, you know, because both teams would would have played South Alabama. Let's see what the scores uh, hold up, you know, before they play each other. So yeah, definitely. And did you see like this uh, bowl projections for the Tigers off ESPN? One guy has the Tigers playing yeah. in the Frisco Bowl, and one guy has them playing in the Hawaii uh, Christmas Eve Bowl. What are your thoughts on that? 
No, I, I don't. I don't see that, uh, especially well, because you know I, I feel Memphis would win the AAC, and depending on what Boise State does, you know if they run the table or not, whoever's ranked higher, you know I still think Memphis has a very good chance at a New Year's Six bowl. But if they don't go to the New Year's Six, you know I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think they'll, you know, they slide all the way down to the Frisco or you know the Hawaii Bowl. I think they would still. You know, maybe you know. I, I know they don't. Memphis fans don't want Birmingham again, but Birmingham has a has a you know higher payout. But uh, Military Bowl wouldn't be bad as bad either because they have a, a pretty nice payout, and it would be against the AAC. Uh, AC, I'm sorry, ACC team, and I would love to see a Memphis Virginia Tech. I know <laughs> they probably <laughs> the coaches wouldn't want it, but the the fans, oh. uh, that you know, the TV wise, I think that would be a nice setup because I don't think that'd be um, a really fun game. Yeah, and I don't because I don't think uh, Virginia Tech's going to get more than you know seven wins. I don't think they'll get eight wins. Um, but yeah, uh, Memphis, Virginia Tech, and the military bowl would be something that you know I, I would love to see. I just don't want to. I don't want to play on that Christmas Eve because I would love to just be able to sit back on Christmas Eve and enjoy all the holiday festivities <laughs> yeah. without having to worry about a football game to watch or you know what have you. So that I think that's kind of where I stand. Is the military bowl would probably be my first choice. Um, just because I don't want to go back to Legion Field. I know a lot of Tiger fans don't want to make that trip because of the condition of Legion Field right now. Nothing, you know, against the Birmingham Bowl, great people down there. But I think a lot of Tiger fans, you know, and I I even wouldn't even count out the Liberty Bowl if an SEC team doesn't qualify um, or the Big 12 doesn't qualify for that bowl game. I wouldn't wouldn't disqualify um, that as well. I know a lot of Tiger fans would not want that, but – it would be a home game and that kind of feeling. I think the Tigers would come in, uh, have their home locker room. You know, I, I think that that would probably be another legitimate option because I know the SEC is probably going to, um, towards the lower part of that conference, so they're going to have a struggle a struggle to get, you know, all their allotments to a bowl game. Yeah, and uh, Memphis right now, just looking ahead, Memphis is, uh, let's see, the, the polls came out. They're ranked 20, well, two, you know, uh, Two teams shy of being in the top 25, so they're ranked 27th in the uh, coaches' poll, 30th in the AP. Uh, so I'm looking ahead because since they don't play next week, let's look ahead to see who could possibly, you know, drop out. Ole Miss plays uh, California, but it's but it's at Ole Miss. If Ole Miss can somehow pull that off, you know, I think you know Memphis can uh, move up there. Auburn plays uh, plays at 17. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, you know. T- a&M can easily lose that one. If they do, that puts them at 2-2, two and two, so I think they drop out of the top 25. BYU plays Washington. That's going to be a good game. That's at BYU. Uh, let's see. SMU is a surprising 3-0. and uh, I didn't think they would be 3-0, but uh, 3-0 SMU at TCU. They're ranked 25th. Uh, that should be a good game, but I, I think SMU uh, will lose that one. The only other... Let's see, Colorado's two and one at Arizona State, which is twenty fourth. I mean that that should be a good game, but uh, you know, not, there could be an opportunity for Memphis to sneak up in the top twenty five. But if they don't, that should all take care of itself. You know, the following week when you play Navy. What do you think about the poll situation right now in Memphis? I think looking ahead at the schedule, another game that kind of sticks out to me as a possible for Memphis to get in is that SMU at TCU. I'm not 100% convinced on TCU just yet. Um, SMU always plays one of those Big 12 opponents really close. And also going to watch out for Air Force and uh, Boise State. I know that one, that's on Friday night. I really, 
I'd like Air Force to come in there and possibly pull off the upset. So it could, you know, because, I mean, Air Force just beat Colorado 30-23 to after Colorado yes. beat Nebraska. And so Air Force, I mean, they're a quiet 2-0 and right now. They could go into Boise and give a lot of the Broncos a lot of trouble. But I do think, you know, if they're not in the after next week, I think, you know, you take care of business against Navy. Somebody's going to lose down the line. Memphis gets in after hopefully defeating Navy, you know, and the Tigers are back in the top 25 then. Yeah, so this uh, this is the best game that uh, Boise State has a chance to lose until they get down to whether they play at BYU. That would be, you know, that's a good game. But that that's really that's really it. I don't see them stumbling up anywhere else. So there's only two chances that Memphis really has to to <laughs> I guess pray that Boise State you know loses one because after Air Force uh, they're at UNLV which you know they should easily win. They're at home yeah. against Hawaii. Hawaii is, is kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. So you, you never know what type of Hawaii team you're going to get. When they're on, they're really good. But when they're off, they're really bad. Then you got, you like I like said, Wyoming at, in that, too. Yeah, well, that's right. I forgot about Wyoming. They, but a, that game's at Boise. Yeah, well, they throttled in the zoo. And, that, and that's something that kind of sticks out to me on that Boise schedule is if, if they are somehow undefeated, Wyoming's going to give them everything that they want. Of course, Utah State. They're always very competitive. Colorado State, I mean, they lost yeah. to Arkansas. But that being the last game of the year, that's another competitive game that could, uh, you know, go go the other way for Boise State. And Neil, uh, we'll wrap this up here pretty shortly. Three games in, 3-0. and oh, Just uh, when you look back at the first uh, three games, uh, you know, for the Tiger season, what stands out to you uh, positive? And what some things that you would like to see them work on for the rest of the year? Positive, I'm going to go back to the defense. I love what uh, Austin Hall, love what T.J. Carter and all those guys are doing. I love the defense. Negative, let's get Brady White that confidence. I don't know what it's going to take, but let's get him that confidence here in the bye week to come out against against Navy and throw the ball around, complete those 45-yard passes, even just complete the 20-yard passes with accuracy and stop overthrowing receivers and making the bad reads that he does. I think that that's the one big thing, if I was Mike Marvell, that I would focus on in the bye week. Yeah, for me, positive, same as you. I think everyone would agree that the defense, I mean, they just – and they came out on fire. Uh, you know, Coach Fuller, I, I think he – the best thing Coach Norvell did this offseason as far as recruiting is recruit Adam Fuller to Memphis. I, I think that that is just uh, – that's a championship – you know, move right there because I, I think that's the defense is what's going to carry them to the uh, AAC championship game. But yeah, same as you, uh, we need to see more out of uh, Brady White. Um, don't know exactly, you know, what it is. You know, if, if Larry was on, I'm sure he would ask choice, choice words about that. Um, but, you know, he has the smarts. You, 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 you know, everyone thought he, you know, he was accurate, and accuracy issues are slowly popping up here and there. But you know, I think I think he'll be all right. But he's not having the the best start like he did last year. You know, usually the second year starters for Memphis have a a better season. Definitely need to to see him step that up for Memphis to um, you know really take that next level. But uh, appreciate your, your time, Mitch. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, they can uh, follow me on Twitter, of course, MitchDavis underscore eight. Of course, I'm about to actually drop an article here in the next 24 hours. Seems like my homework done um, <laughs> on on the site. <laughs> Got to get the homework done first. So that, that's, uh, oh, that's the main important. 
That's um, important. But of course, follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. I'm on Facebook, the Mitch Davis Show. Um, always posting Tiger stuff because I love working with you guys and uh, really enjoy doing all the YouTube content for all the football games. Yeah, and we definitely enjoy it. Uh, you have your own podcast as well. So everybody, where they can find that. Yeah, they, uh, it's everywhere where podcasts are found. Just type in the Mitch Davis Show. Uh, we're working on some special things. Like I said, with school, though, I have to put school first, and so the podcast gets dropped down to second. Um, but we're going to work on some cool things during this football season. And so just type in the Mitch Davis Show, also host of the TriStar Takedown, co-host of that. Um, that's an inclusive look into the state of Tennessee, whether it's the Volunteers, the Tigers, Vandy, Middle, uh, high school football, college basketball and the Grizzlies, we, uh, Jake Nichols and I talk about everything in the TriStar, I mean, yeah, in the TriStar uh, state, and we have a really fun time with that. Good deal. Shortens uh, TSR Live episode this time. Uh, next week we'll have uh, Larry and Isaac uh, join us back. Uh, we'll discuss, uh, you know, the, the preview for Navy and uh, – Maybe look back a little bit on South Alabama and, and hopefully, you know, what we expect for the rest of the year. But appreciate everybody listening. Mitch, thank you very much. And go, go Tigers, go. Go Tigers. I will see you all next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.